Hello, everybody. Welcome to Junk Miles with Chip and Jeff. We have another fantastic show for you today. Last time we got together, I picked one of my favorite movies. This time, Chip is picking one of his. We've had guests on these past couple of years. They've talked about their favorite movies, and it's been pretty wonderful. But we want to take a little break where it's just Chip and I shooting the shit, talking all the good details about two of our favorite movies. So this is part two of of your host's favorite movies and boy did chip pick a good one it so before before we even jump in jeff (laughs) you pick singles correct Mm -hmm. singles a defining movie for not just cinema but for a generation i mean literally i don't think there is a more I can't think of a bigger Gen X movie, quintessential Gen X movie, with such a profound soundtrack, just mm-hmm. a lasting thing. <laughs> that was the movie you picked, and I picked one about a wolf that plays basketball. <laughs> with maybe the worst soundtrack or a complete oh. lack of set. We'll get into it, but Boy, my goodness. I, there's, uh, there, there are some ups and downs in that. I don't believe they're... I don't think there ever was an actual soundtrack. I don't know, but no. we need to discuss because it is and that that soundtrack, if you want to call it a soundtrack, is amazing. The thing is, Chip, when you tell people about movies from the 80s, like mm-hmm. first thing to think of, like, you know, John Hughes or, sure. you know, like just fun teen comedies. But then they think, well, even if the movie's bad, there's going to be a great soundtrack. And we discuss movies, everything from, you know, Valley Girl to Pretty in Pink, some of the greatest soundtracks. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, throughout the 80s. And I kind of went into this being like, well, it's a Michael J. Fox movie. It's 1985. Chip, I had no idea. They had $12 for the entire budget of the movie. I know. They 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 spent it all on wolf makeup and they <laughs> they had nothing to pay. Some of these, so I, I don't want to get too, too into the woods with the soundtrack yet, but like some of these songs you can't even find. Oh, it's no. It's like they don't exist. No. Even on the internet. Yeah. All the all the artists who performed them dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There dead was of- a there was a serial killer who literally only preyed upon artists who were part of the Teen Wolf nineteen eighty five movie soundtrack. And to be honest, might be the only serial killer that I would ever let walk. Oh yeah, they caught him and 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 he he admitted to it. And they're like, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. Times time served. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you can just uh uh. <laughs> but it's it's the closest thing I could th- and I I, I I I oh I I see if I was faster on my feet and a better broadcaster this would have been a great this would have been a great pull but uh, I just wanted to say that like it, the the entire soundtrack sounded like it was made by Buckner and somebody else the Garcia. two guys that did Buck was it who was it Buckner and Garcia the guys who did Pac Man Fever Pac Man Fever yes. very Pac Man Fever esque <laughs> yes yes yeah yes. Well, we don't want to get Chip. I have some other stuff to talk about. We're gonna. We're so excited about this movie, and I'll say up front, Chip, we're talking Teen Wolf. We're talking Teen Wolf. I thought I saw this movie. We've talked to guests in the past who referenced this movie, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I realized when you pick this, I'm like, holy crap! I don't think I ever saw this movie. Yeah. And then I watched it, and I'm like, this is definitely my first time seeing this movie. I don't want to. Uh, show my cards right away. Okay. But before we get to that, Chip, Friday night, I went out. Chip, I went out three nights in a row over the weekend, by the way. Whoa. Still exhausted. This, wow. You know, you know, I think the fans know I'm 74 years young. Yes, you my are. My doctor basically Spry. says, 
Fry. My doctor says basically you can go out one weekend night a month. Yes. So Friday night, my cousin Brian, my cousin Bob, they're like, Jeff, we're going to see the Pixies. What do you think of that, Chip? One of my all time top top five band of mine. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, that's a Chip Chantry top five band. They played uh, 30 songs, Chip. 30 songs. They did not talk to the audience. Frank Black didn't say boo to the audience until the very end. I think he Mm -hmm. said, thank you, Philly. Yep. Um, So the- the Have you seen the Pixies before? No, that was my first time. And I really liked the Pixies and I watched concerts of theirs on the YouTube for like, you know, 1990s. Always, always enjoy a good Pixie show. Here's one of my embarrassing- And where were they? Oh my God, they were at the Metropolitan Opera House in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Fancy, North Broad Street. Holy crap, Chip, that was my first time there. And when I walked in and I saw there were seats that you could sit in, I was, yes. as, an old, as an old man, I said, yes, indeedy, folks. Yes, please pass some more. They had some standing room seats for probably the first 20 rows for the young folks. Okay. I was up in one of those old school balconies that my cousin said, you know, you know, the kind that uh, you might get shot in the back of the head. Right. Like, like John Wilkes Booth type. Yes. I yes. imagine or, or you, you were Statler and or Waldorf. Exactly. That's, that's what came to mind first. Cause I was trying not to think of death, but my cousin Bob chimed wow. in right away with a horrible image. Of course. So we're having a great time with two cousins, friend of Alex and we're all pixie sands. Um, so they, they, they literally started off super first four songs, gouge away bone machine, wave of mutilation. And I'm like, just three heavy hitters coming out. And then they play a song and I'm like, this is another great Pixie song. I got my friend, Brian. I'm like four Pixie songs in a row that are just all time classics. Then I get home and I'm looking at Setlist FM and I see the fourth song was actually head on by the Jesus and Mary chain. Really? They did such a good job of that cover. And it was so in their wheelhouse. Like if you listen to, it's probably Jesus and Mary chains, most popular song, probably their best song. Yeah. But if you, picture listen to that song and then you picture like the pixies that kind of like a steamroller of the song mm-hmm. it was so perfect that me a major music geek knows yes. pretty much everything 80s 90s alt music it fooled me chip wow i had to go online and apologize to all our music nerd friends for forgetting that or mm-hmm. just not even knowing and then at the end chip they did two covers they ended with winter long a neil young cover and it was kind of dour. It was good, but I'm like, I don't recognize this Pixie song. I didn't even recognize it as a Neil Young song. I'm a big yeah. Neil fan. And the thing about the Pixies, I didn't know this. Guess how many encores they do? Do they do two? They do zero, Chip. That's right. Okay. They just, they, they, they they're just, done. They're, when they're done. They're done. And, and you kind of understand it. They just did sure. 30 songs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they didn't leave you wanting more. No, no, everybody was just like, literally the last note of winter long came out. Thank you, Philly, all the lights are up. People are collecting trash within like five seconds. That's incredible. It was a very economical performance. You know, um, don't waste any time. No. Frank, Frank Black, I appreciate that. Now, oh, okay, oh, your overall experience, Yeah. how would you rate the Pixies? Well, I would I, say a solid seven maybe almost eight and Mm -hmm. and i'll take a little points off a lot of stuff from the new album 
my okay. cousin, I mean, my friend Alex said the new album's really good. And the songs are good. It's mm-hmm. just, when I go to see the Pixies, I want all the hits. Yes. And they didn't play a couple of songs that I wanted. At, and they what, did, played, what, did, what did you miss? Like Valoria. That would have been great. Yeah, Allison. Is that, uh... See, okay, Jeff, I think you're like me. Bossa yeah. Nova. Bossa, it was Bossa Under- Nova Light underrated album i'm gonna tell you everybody loves i know we're uh, is this we're, we're, we're in pixie pixie's corner right now right yeah this is uh this is pixie miles with chip and pixie Jeff. miles um everybody talks about how wonderful and how groundbreaking and how amazing surfer rosa is it's a good album I, it's, i'm not saying it's a bad yeah, album it's solid. my it's my third favorite pixie's album yeah do do little bossa nova surfer rosa yeah, me too. I, yeah. I do the 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 backwards from the first three, mm-hmm. but but I went back and listened to their new newish record, and it's good. And the it's, songs okay. are good. They, it was a lot more melodic, and okay. a lot less. You know, when like Frank gets all snarly and yelly, mm-hmm. and and that yeah. just kind of off kilter, which you love. Which you know they ushered in a pretty much a style of music that was emulated by everyone from obviously Nirvana to many other. But uh, right. yeah. I would say I took points off for that, mm-hmm. and um, no inter. You know, the, the, I do like a little interaction. I like a little like, "Hey, Philly, how you doing?" You know, and he just—that's not his style. Oh, you want to hear a great quote I heard about them? Yes. Back when, before they had their current bass player, Pause. I forget yes. her last name, but she's amazing. She yes, was like, she's, in, she's really good. Yeah. I, I, I saw and, her. She, they were one of my last shows before the pandemic. I saw them actually at one of those noon free at noon shows at, yeah. on, at world cafe. And she was great. Yeah. And they really had the bass amped up. Like the sound was great at the show. And the bass was just, she, uh, she's a great bass player. Her vocals aren't as melodic as you would want from like, right. you know, from Miss deal. But um, before they got her, they had, for one, not even a year, Kim Shattuck, God rest her soul, she died last year. She was an amazing front woman from the band The Muffs. Okay. And she was, The Muffs are really great. Mm-hmm. And they said it didn't work out because she was, what was it? She was West Coast extrovert, and the three of us are East Coast introverts. Oh, and it was no more apparent on stage. Joey Santiago, literally the magician drummer, did not look up once. Frank Black just straight ahead. And then I got it. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's just your thing. They're not, hey, everybody, they're just, just what we do. But God bless Paz. She did a nice job. She's playing to the audience, looking mm-hmm. up, have, having a ball. And she is a super solid bass player. And I give the Pixies one more credit, Chip. A lot of credits going to the Pixies from Jeff Lyons tonight. A lot of bands won't, like of their caliber, won't have an opener that could maybe challenge them. You know, they'll yes. just let like, they let Franz Ferdinand open up. Wow. Now, Franz Ferdinand, all I'm going to say, were freaking awesome. And this is coming to a very casual fan. Mm-hmm. They have an amazing stage show, an amazing presence, five super likable guys. The sound was amazing. The audience was going nuts. Like they were the main band and they're mm-hmm. playing to it. They did a super cool thing at the penultimate song where everyone put down their instruments and they all played drums with the drummer it was when they got done you really felt like wow i just saw a great I just saw a show i just saw a great franz ferdinand show and i said to my cousin i'm like 
that takes big balls on the Pixies part. You have to come after that. Yeah. yeah. And the Pixies, of course, held their own. Of so. course. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen the Pixies four or five times. And I, I think on a number of occasions, they played so many songs that they played both versions of Wave of Mutilation. They did that too. Yeah, I think that? that's okay. their thing. They yeah. do the uh, UK surf version. Yes. And then they do the full on album version, yes. uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was great. Oh, and uh, Pixie Talk. I think we just clocked out it. Uh, we can only do so many, so much Pixie's Talk. Sure. Chip, I think a great thing to do, we sometimes save, uh, you know, where's Chip playing? Where's Chip performing to the end of the show? Oh, sometimes, we do. Sometimes we do. people don't make it to the end of the show because of like, some people die. I mean, it's sad, mm-hmm. but some people do die during our show. Yeah, and we do have a GoFundMe for them. Uh, just yes. look us up on our website. It's been 17 people in the past yeah, two years. That it's have weird. died listening and to people are off. saying, like, what's going on during your show? And and we say up front, the flashing strobe effect, mm-hmm. that's just part of the show. I mean, it's that's not for everybody. Not it's for not everybody. for everybody. We And and, and the, enter at your own risk. Listen at your own risk. Yeah. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if there's, like, a strobe, like, a, a strobe version for the ears. Yeah, it's like a dog like whistle a, that, like a dog whistle, uh, or, or like a one of the that Cuban. Remember the the yes, Havana syndrome, the Havana yeah. syndrome, which yeah. I I still think is real, but it's absolutely been, that's what it. Chip, everyone's allowed one good conspiracy theory in their mm-hmm. life. You're allowed yeah. to believe in one. I believe in two. I believe oh, yeah. that, the Havana syndrome, right? Yeah, and of course, I am a moon landing <laughs> skeptic. Of course you are. Of course you are. Yeah, because it's fun. Yeah. Because it's like sometimes I can't get to sleep at night. I just mm-hmm. want to go on my moon landing hoax forums yeah. and just read me and yeah. a bunch of other weirdos. I, uh, my only, I'm not a big conspiracy theory fan, but my, my one only that I really do believe in, and I don't think it's a big deal, but I really do believe that Joe Biden is not actually president <laughs> and it actually is the ghost boy from Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. I mean, there's but I think lot. I think I think a lot of people. I don't even know if that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's just what most people think. I think that's what most people think, and it's like 50-50. The blue check marks might agree with you. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Chip, where are you going to be coming up? You're a busy boy. This just to let you know, this is going out on June fifteenth. So okay. tomorrow it will tomorrow, be tomorrow, June fifteenth. Yeah. This weekend, June sixteenth and or seventeenth. I will be at the Church of Satire, not a real church. Actually, that's their Twitter handle, at not a real church, in Hanover, Pennsylvania, which is in the York, Lancaster, Gettysburg area. So if you're in South Central PA, uh, I would love to see you with my good friend, Ken Krentz. We're going to be at the Church of Satire in Hanover, Pennsylvania, this weekend, the 16th and 17th of June. Next weekend, uh, the 22nd through the 24th, I will be at the Punchline in Philadelphia, and then we have any Southern listeners, people down South, good old Dixie. I'm going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina Ooh. at Good Nights Comedy Club uh, on the 14th and 15th of July. July 14th and 15th, I'm going to be at uh, Good Nights in Raleigh, one of my favorite rooms and one of my favorite towns uh, yeah, from right? my entire hol- uh, career. Oh, and by the way, uh, also, if you're around this area here in uh, the Philadelphia area, this coming Wednesday, one week from today, Jeffrey, mm-hmm. that yep. of of now we're recording on the twenty first, uh, Wednesday, June twenty first, I'm going to be at Brick and Brew in Hano in, not Hanover, that's the other place, Havertown, uh, Havertown. Thank you. I know it was another H, a lot of HA places I'm going mm-hmm. to, 
uh, Havertown, Pennsylvania, uh, June 21st. Me and uh, Jake Matera. Oh, my goodness. A uh, young woman is opening for us, Dana Alexandra, who I just saw for the first time the other night. She's hilarious and great. Uh, she's wonderful. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You can either pay, I think it's like $70 and you get dinner and a show. Or I think it's like 25 bucks and you just get the show. So uh, that's this coming Wednesday. That's going to be a lot of fun. So I got to tell you, for Chip, yeah. Rick and Brew, great place, great place to eat, to drink. Okay. It's about uh, two miles from my house. Now, I might be attending. I have a little uh, little medical thing that day I got to do, and I have to have, be slightly sedated for it. So we'll see how I'm Understood. Uh, understood. Godspeed. Or, or I could come to the show in, a, in a, some sort of quasi-sedated like. Just kind of loop stupor in a stupor. That's how I like it. Maybe you just wander about the room, you know, just that'd be fun for you. Crowd work with me. And I can Mm -hmm. just be like, where am I peeing my pants? Just Mm -hmm. knocking over tables of food. Yes. I think, I think actually it wasn't too far off. I actually did a gig last week. I think also in, I believe it was Havertown again. You might know it because I think I drove right near your house, Jeffrey, a place called, have you ever heard of the cheese club? No, in oh Havertown, God. it's what? sort of a, it's sort of like a VFW looking kind of hall in Havertown. Uh, and I did a fundraiser there with uh, the the wonderful Joe Conklin, and uh, crowd was very nice. But I, I hate to say that I was surprised because that sounds uh, mean oh, or, or negative. No, thing. no, Havertown people are usually just the worst people in the world. But I'm glad you got them on a good night. I got them on a good night. They were actually mm-hmm. very, very nice. And I'm hoping I get them on a good night again next Wednesday. And this is coming from someone who lives uh, 800 feet from Havertown. Okay. Right. Just to right. let you know. Chip, that's fantastic. You're going to be out doling out the laughs all around. And I have some Raleigh friends, Chip. I'm going to good. put the word out to them. Please, please, please. And Jeff, uh, wh- where can people find you besides oh, your appointment nowhere. on next Absolutely Wednesday? Absolutely nowhere. Uh, Just you can at go used to, wigs. Yeah. Use wigs at use wigs, or you could go visit one of my doctors. And uh, maybe yeah. if you want to join me for the uh, for the appointment, the procedure, that'd be great. DM me, that would be great. Okay, yeah, Jeffrey, uh, <laughs> do you have a run coming up? Uh, you've you've had a number. Yeah, I uh, no, this is the first time since last October where I'm not training for a run. I did. Okay. I, I, I did. did. I, I I have noticed you've really put on packed on the pounds. I've yeah, noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, I've done four major races since December. I've done two 50 Ks, a 30 K, a 26 mile trail run. And then two weeks ago, I did a 50 mile trail run, 50 mile trail run, Jeff. How did, how long did that take you? Well, Chip, considering it rained the entire time, Mm -hmm. which, which having rain on descent, you know, you go up and down, it's tough to climb up, you either run slow or you hike, but the joy is then you could run down normally, pick up a little speed. Well, when the, when the course is covered in mud, you're going down even slower. Yeah. So it took 10 hours and 18 minutes of nonstop running. I think I stopped, it was three 17 mile loops. At each loop, I stopped for three to four minutes to change a shirt and a hat. Mm-hmm. But besides that, just ran the entire time. And the nice part is aid stations every four to five miles. That's how you get through a race like that chip. You take it in four to five mile chunks in your brain mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, in four miles, I get to have two slices of grilled cheese. Yep. Some Gatorade and some potato chips. Right. From then to the next, that's all you do. And it mm-hmm. works. That's so great. it was nice. Like I honestly have never run more than 38 miles at one time. 
So that I was going to ask if that was yeah. your longest. So then I said, and I didn't know if I wanted to do it, but I had a really good 50K, uh, which was 31 miles a month before. And I said to myself, sign up for the 50 mile. If you can do 38, then you went as far as you ever gone. If you can do 39, holy crap, that's the longest you ever run. Sure. So then when I went out uh, after loop two, it was like 33 miles. I'm like, mm -hmm. just try to get to 38. And I got 38, still feeling good. Got to 40 and I just said, holy crap, I feel really good. If Even if I have to walk in the last five, this mm -hmm. has been a win. And yep. then at mile 45, I just, uh, it just kept feeling good. I was picking off people and I ended up out of a hundred, there was 150 people signed up. About 35 people dropped during the race. 15 didn't show. 102 people ended up finishing, and I came in 41st. Whoa, Jeffrey. Not bad, right? For an old guy. I was, well, and I was definitely, definitely one of the older folks there. But uh, I got to tell you, it was, you know, it was a really good experience for me. Just, you know, you, you, you test yourself and you're like, keep doing it, keep doing it. And uh, yeah. So, so now I'm just like in a cruise along in the summer. And here's the, chip the, the carrot that dangled if i could do 50 miles can i do 62 miles which is considered 100k yes okay i'm feeling good i'm feeling yeah. good so yeah. we, we might answer that question in the fall we'll see yeah. wow jeff chip, i'm excited here yeah um chip people now I, i'm looking right now people are clamoring no more no more personal stuff for chip and jeff we love them but yes we, we want wolf talk 100 wolf talk TW, oh. baby, TW. I'm going to just briefly describe the movie as if no one's ever heard of this, and then mm -hmm. we're going to get into your experience. Well, Team you Wolf never saw it before, no. so. Yeah. I'm going to need your help. Team Wolf is a 1985 American coming-of-age comedy film directed by, of course, Rod Daniel, and yes. written by the powerhouse team of Jeff Loeb and Matthew Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox stars as the title character, a high school student whose ordinary life is changed when he discovers that he is a werewolf. Also starring many people that aren't stars, James Hampton, Scott Paulin, Susan Ercity, Jerry Levine, Matt Adler. Um, it took place, the filming, November to December 1984. Chip, I will leave this as already, it checked one of our major boxes, 92 minutes. But I, I will say one third of the movie is the final basketball game scene where yes. my wife says, is this basketball game in real time? <laughs> I, think, I think they literally went from zero points to the, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Right. Chip, where was a young Chip Chantry when he saw Teen Wolf and fell in love with the movie? Set the scene, Chip. Uh, well, young Chip Chantry was at the edge of his seat the entire time. That's where he was. <laughs> As the listeners probably know, I remember I was, we went to the movies from time to time, but I was a video store kid. So yep. this was, although I have to say, I don't even know if we ever rented this from the video store because my biggest memories, Teen Wolf was one of the probably most in the most high rotation films that my brother and I played all throughout our childhood. I mean, it was a staple it was we had a VHS tape that was actually recorded off of the television. <laughs> yep. So there were commercial breaks. And like sometimes if we remember to like pause the recording, we wouldn't have to sit through commercials. But uh, this was a this was on in the Chantry household more times than not in the 1980s and early 90s. 
Can you tell me, I'm still a little confused. Um, yes. I'll just tell you the budget was 4 million, ended up making 30 million. Yeah. It was released. It was filmed during or before Back to the Future and was released in the same year, correct? So here's a crazy story. Uh, apparently what happened was uh, Michael, Michael J. Fox, and we all know what the J stands for, jerk, because he's a big jerk. We, uh, we've all heard that, right? Yep. No, he, it, he's by, one by, of the by nicest all, guys in Hollywood, right? Yes, by all by all accounts, he's one of the nicest guys. And I was I'm a fan of him now, and I was a huge fan of him back then. Huge Family Ties fan. Alex mm -hmm. P. Keaton loved Family Ties. So I was excited about this. This young man, I think they saw that he was on he had a trajectory upward. So they gave him this small film. They're like, I think you can do this small film about a wolf. You can you can do it in the in the evenings. Or you know weekends, other times while you're do, why are you doing Family Ties? And he's like, okay, I'm gonna pull double duty, but I'm gonna do it. Stoltz, our boy Stoltz, Eric mm -hmm. Stoltz gets Back to the Future. Yeah, they decide that they don't like him. They want to go with MJ then, mm -hmm. and he's like, look, I'm I'm already I'm already on a hit TV show and filming a movie. They're like, we'll make it work, and he filmed all three of those things: Family Ties, Teen Wolf. And Back to the Future simultaneously. I don't Holy know how he did good it. Good God! There was a story about how he had like a, a just a driver, like a union driver, that would just pick him up at six a.m., take him to Family Ties until like four, take him to the next place. He would like eat in the car and then just like try to sleep every now and then, and like go until like one in the morning, and then wake up again and be ready for six o'clock. And uh, and you know and the thing eighty five was eighty five was his year. In the movie, he looked haggard throughout most of the movie, which was great because that his character is supposed to look like that. Yes. You know, out of sorts, sweaty, confused, and uh, yeah. Holy crap. So big year for Michael J. Fox, mm -hmm. 1985. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I want to go on record saying, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from Back to the Future. Back to the Future is obviously a wonderful film. Mm -hmm. It's a great franchise. It's beloved. It made, it's made millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I like the, the movie Back to the Future, but just because I think it was just in our home and we had it recorded, I am a much bigger fan of Teen Wolf, even though it is to some people not as, not as good. If I had to pick between the two, Back to the Future and Teen Wolf, I'm going TW. Now, Chip, neither of those movies are, are based on true stories, right? Well, uh, we're going to get to that later on okay. in this podcast, Jeff. I'm just a little worried because um, when you originally told me I was going to, we were going to watch a thing called Teen Wolf, you know, I don't, I'm not a horror movie guy. I'm easily scared. It's a little scary. It, yeah. And there were parts that I was, you know, I had to cover my face in a few parts. Understood. But uh, overall, not as much, not as much gore uh, as you would expect in a werewolf movie. Well, okay. Let's face it. Spoiler alert here. <laughs> Jeff, were you. I, I just want to know how exactly surprised you were at how little werewolfing he did. There was, <laughs> there was what he becomes a werewolf. What powers does he get? He can play basketball really good and he gets popular. Like that's it. Well, if you look at werewolf lore going back to, you know, Slovenia in the early mm -hmm. like 19, 900s, it was all about, how popular they became within the is, town that Towns is true folk regaling them with attention mm -hmm. and playing crude forms of basketball with the heads of uh, serfs yes but yeah like you said 
So he, he definitely did two of the things that werewolves historically throughout movies have done. American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. of course, all the Hammer films, playing basketball and being adored yes. by the masses. Yes. I mean, that's that, those are the only things he did differently. I mean, that's that's I all have it was. To say, I have to say it was gruesome, but it was necessary. The death of Styles, that whole oh, scene. Yes. I think a lot of people were like, I don't again. I, just Actually, I think sport. you saw the. I think you saw the extended version. But go ahead. Oh, maybe it wasn't a deleted scene. I did. I did end up watching a lot of extra scenes. But it was weird. You could you could hear the the crew clapping as when, as his as his head came off his as, body. As Styles popped off. Yes, as it was just a long. Yeah, uh, Styles Jerry Levine, or as I like to call him, Judd Nelson Light. <laughs> Did they, what was, Chip, what do you think the direction was? What did the director say to Styles when Styles like, what's my motivation? How should I play this guy? I mean, it's just uh, smarm, baby, smarm. I think yeah. that's, that's all it is. I just see, okay. The- I, okay, I have to say, there are some problematic things that happen. Yes. And that he says, but I am a Styles fan till the end. There, uh, most, a lot what, of people are. What a jerk, what a jerk, but, uh, Completely self-serving, but he's but he is that '80s guy that you just is. Although he, I would call him a horn, like like the the horn dog kind of like. A, yeah. But I don't think he was ever. He no, was ever dealing with women. You would have thought. Well, you would have thought he would have been his next arc would be scammy guy, always looking to do stuff, and then scamming on girls. But he had no time even to scam on girls. He, he was just full on making sure people had a weird good time yes and then making sure he could take advantage of the wolfism uh, yes that his friend and um, make some money i mean he was yeah, yeah i mean he which, was, which was a nice, yeah which was a nice and i like styles too he was like the most amped up mike damone from yes. like you know what i mean oh, like, okay there's a great yes that's a great he yeah he is exactly in the center of mike damone and, and Judd Nelson Bender, Judd. Bender from yeah. Breakfast Club. Yes. He all right. I, I want to throw out some good lines. I literally laughed out loud when he wants to buy a keg. And then, yes. you know, the, the classic old guy behind the counter is barely paying attention to him. And when he just says, Hey, my boss is throwing a big bash at the gravel pit. I literally laughed. <laughs> He's like, there are, do- <laughs> there are some great lines in this oh. movie. There are like when Michael J. Fox confronts his dad after his dad tells him about being a werewolf. And he's like, yeah, yeah, dad, uh, well, I'm just going to go out and uh, eat some chickens. And <laughs> he does like a good four minutes of tight material of what. And I think that was really funny because he did like eight things that a werewolf's expected to do. Yeah. And then contrastly, he does none of that in the movie. Zero. Yes. Which is which is kind of setting up that like. Hey, if you guys are expecting werewolf in London and decapitations and corpse maulings, no, this is about basketball and popularity. That's all it is. Yeah. And then, of course, the best line. And I've heard this line before, and I didn't realize it was from this movie. Give me a keg of beer. And when his eyes go red, just. Yes. And again, special. I'd say the budget for the whole movie eight to nine hundred dollars special effects budget i'll say maybe three hundred dollars of that yep. yeah wolf wolf makeup and and fx maybe another 200 mm-hmm. this and, movie and they did have i mean 
it was a pretty great big Buffy. Like they needed oh, a so basketball great. wolf. He was about six inches taller, mm -hmm. easily 12 inches wider. Yes. And when they did the full scenes of him at one end of the basketball court running to the other, big Buffy in full effect. And it was great because my whole family is just like big Buffy and just so fun to watch. Like, I just love a good because they said I was reading some notes. Michael J. Fox, literally no idea how to play basketball. They had to teach him to dribble, to do that. Like he grew up in Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah. They, they don't have basketball. There. They don't have basketball. He was playing hockey. He was playing, you know, curling. Mm -hmm. like in a frozen pond sure right yeah um the thing i think that strikes everyone right away now i watched this with my two kids and my wife all first time seeing it um everyone from the get-go hey guys w when you were in high school was everyone 30 years old Chip, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there was a guy at one scene my daughter just goes Look at his receding hairline. There's a guy yes. who dance, and he yes. literally looked like a teacher, but he was a student. Mm -hmm. Everyone on the basketball team, except for, um, of course, Michael J. Fox and our friend from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Everybody else was 30 years old. Easily, easy, right? easily. Yeah. It was and by the way, uh, the sweatiest people on the face of the planet. I. I, I, if, you, if you have that $900 budget, I'm going to put another $250 in just for fake perspiration. Yes. Like, I, I understand that people sweat when they play ba basketball, but it's it's not as if they just jumped out of the pool and started playing. <laughs> All right. Michael J. Fox was 23 when the movie was made. Styles, Jerry Levine, 27. Chubby. His name was Chubby. That was his yeah, character. Wow. Mark, poor Mark Holton. He was Chubby. He was 26. And then the villain, Mick. Yes. Says he was 27. He easily looked 35 years. Yes, old. he was he was he was 42 years young, uh, that guy. By the way, I, I, I know it's a little problematic nowadays, but Chubby, I, I just the fact his name's Chubby. And uh for those you know, he's Francis from Peewee's Big Adventure, who who I love. But one of my favorite lines from maybe my favorite character in the entire film is right at the beginning of the movie when Chubby just sidearms the ball, just wings the ball, like overhand pitches it to Michael J. Fox, like, and he misses it and it hits the coach Finstock who's on the sidelines and he's, he's catches it and he's talking to the principal and he goes, he just says, uh, boy, that fat kid's got a great arm. It's just, uh, it's, and then, it's, and then, and then the, another great coach Finstock, who's not the most likable character, just with the massive chewing during that scene. Yep. But when he tells the story of the poor kid who uh, had to quit basketball and then Michael J. Fox, well, what happened to him? He goes, I don't know. I don't give a shit. He was third string. Great. He's third string. I didn't need him. I mean, just, I didn't he, need him. I just, right. I, I just know the things that he, that he says, first of all, in that scene in coach Finstock, who is one of my favorite characters of all time, he is, he is chewing gum, oh. eating fried chicken and yes. shaving at the same time. And he, uh, He's one like, time, my door's always open, but I am a little yeah. busy right now. Yeah. Mikasa Sukasa, but he's like, yeah, I got, and then he says, but he just has some great life advice. They were, they were talking about, you know, the game and he just says, Hey, it, Hey, it doesn't matter how you play the game. It's whether you win or lose. And even that doesn't make all that much difference. What a, <laughs> what a way to live a life. And then somebody's having a real tough time. I mean, this kid's a werewolf for Christ's sake. And he's like, Scott, let me give you a little bit of advice. Three rules that I always live by never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who's who's got the same first name as a city, and never go uh, never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger on her body. 
you stick with that and everything else is cream cheese. It's cream cheese. Like what the hell? It's just, he's coach. I love he's 12 I, hours sleep. Yeah. 12 hours sleep. Yeah. So there were definitely many good laugh out line. I'd say also the pacing of the movie for the first 70% was great. It was just, they didn't get hung up in backstories like, Hey, there's no mom. They don't care. They don't have to tell you what happened to mom. They nope. never address it. It was just a very well-paced bam, 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 like a good sitcom. But I, as I mentioned before, first of all, he's a, he's a busy kid for a werewolf. Even, I mean, you would assume he, that first day you would assume he was at school that day, which I'm assuming is a Friday. Let's say uh, he went to school. Went to then school. he had, then he had a game. Then he went to work and then he went to a party. This movie, the reason it was made and it was so cheap, the production company in the studio saw that a movie that we discussed a couple episodes ago, Valley Girl, did really good box office on a really low budget. Okay. The movie studio and the producers of this, the production company is called like Atlantic Recording Productions. They're like, well, you made a teen comedy that cheap and it did really well. Let's do that. So they purposely are like, we have no budget. They hired some like writers and a director, not a lot of experience in the teen um, movie genre. And they're like, let's just get this done. And I literally think it took three weeks to make the movie. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It, it is a step above a made for TV movie. Like it's production value. pretty close, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the sets, you look at mm -hmm. the limited sets. But with all that said, it wasn't, you weren't wanting for anything. Like there was no. nothing more I would have, like, you know, big production numbers or whatever. It, it nailed what it needed to nail. It's, it's just a very, it's a very cozy town. Yeah. And a very oh. cozy little high school. Yes. My wife pointed out what was the one thing the town lacked? It was glaring. They lacked. Right. Um, I don't know what. Chip, there was absolutely no police force. There was a teen party spilling out into the streets on the lawn. Yes. Multiple times, a truck driving through the main streets of the town with multiple teenagers on top of the trucks. Doing backflips. Doing backflips. There was uh, no one looking for a werewolf, trying to apprehend a werewolf in town. No police investigation. A werewolf that threw a bowling ball across a bowling alley into a crowded bowling alley at that? That was the one moment where if they had to show some gore, yes. he at least could have bitten that guy's head off mm -hmm. when he mentioned his mother. Yes, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, when he, when the evil guy, Mick or whatever, yeah, when he says, I've been dealing with you guys for years, like eating my chip, that made me think there was going to be a spinoff of his family that has battled werewolves throughout their whole lives. Didn't you think there was some little... That, uh, that scene always sat weird with me because I, I always wondered, is he just egging this guy on or, or what is, was there some real backstory yeah. there? Chip, in many of the movies, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a lot of horror movies where you have like the uh, Kate Beckinsale movies, Underworld, what was that? It was basically vampires and lycanthropes, werewolves. Okay. Um, there's always, when there's monsters, there's always a sect of humans who have been battling them for years. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought they were going to go for. Yes. And, they, and it, hey, Chip, you and I want to throw a few shekels together. Maybe, how hard could it be to produce a movie? Uh, I I can't be. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for this long. Yeah, and we're we're doing great with it. Yeah, people yes, love we it. Are. 
Um, so maybe let's look at, you know what, we'll table that. Mm-hmm. We'll table, table that. Table yeah, we'll, we'll have to have a, round, uh, a meeting on that. Yeah, board of directors meeting. One of my favorite things, uh, his dad says werewolf. Wolf. Oh. He doesn't say werewolf. If you notice in the movie three times, when he first said the word werewolf, he goes werewolf. A lot of people say the word werewolf as woof. Woof. So you so go he's... back. Yeah, it's okay. just like a it's like a regionalism. It's like okay. A, you know, some people just say woof, like wolverine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, that was very endearing. The dad, very endearing, very good dad character. Reminded me a little bit of Molly Ringwald's dad in Sixteen Candles. Yes. But, uh, two, two of my favorite dads of all time. Oh, yeah. right there. But maybe you could have let your son know a little earlier about the. Exactly. Exactly. By the way, I uh, I don't want to. I hate doing bits. But on my <laughs> first album, I think it was my one of my comedy albums. I think it was my first album. I actually have a whole bit about the scene where the dad confronts the kid in the bathroom when he shows him that he's a werewolf. So go look back at the Chantry uh, <laughs> uh, catalog Archives. because because I because I do because Teen Wolf is near and dear to my heart, and I do have a whole take on just that bathroom scene right there. Wow, mm-hmm. I love it. Um. It, it when when I saw that scene of the dad and the um, you know telling him about the history of werewolfism and and how it happened to him, I had a very similar experience when I was a uh, soccer game when I was young. Chip mm-hmm. um, called it and go my way, and then and I got really mad and I just started screaming. Next thing I know, I had the ref on the ground and I'm mauling him almost to death. Oh, I really? didn't realize all over my body i had a no. beautiful mane of orange hair my whole body was orange my dad took me off the field and he's like my bad jeff i should have told you you're yeah. a lion you're a lion you're jeff oh. lions and, oh yeah yeah and and next thing i know and he goes my bad mm-hmm. so him saying my bad kind of made it all okay and then i realized throughout the rest of my life like i have to live with being a lion i have to control my lion tendencies Mm -hmm. things like that like if i'm in a park sometimes you know in philadelphia you see a gazelle yes of course i just start running after that Uh, thing and like that's gotta be tough tough for you people that's my gazelle he's good boy good boy he's off leash i know and then i have to be whoa 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 whoa. and but you know you learn to control things so it was a Mm -hmm. nice it reminded me of my dad it was a nice scene that is uh, that is very touching, Jeff. Chip, did you do the wolf dance in high school after watching that? Were you excited to do that? Yeah, look at you go. Of yeah, course. You know there were, I mean, such a, I mean, how many thriller ripoffs were there in the mid to late 80s? But, I mean, just so blatant, you know, I mean, they're just doing the thriller dance, basically, but he's doing the wolf thing. Uh, there's two things, Jeff, and I'm telling you, I was such a fan of this movie. I was a child at the time. I was- yeah you know, eight or nine years old, probably the first time I saw it. And a lot of kids have aspirations. You see these John Hughes movies, you see these high school movies, and you want to grow up and be in high school so you can go to crazy raging parties in Tudor-style houses or make out with girls or drink beer or smoke drugs. Uh, The the only things uh, that I wanted to do uh, was just surf on a van. That's that's all really? I wanted to do. Was that as a young chip jet? Was that like holy crap? Yes. At least one point in my life when I'm old enough, I can't wait to do this. I I want to I want to surf on a van. That's all I want to do, and do the Teen Wolf Thriller dance at my prom. Here's the thing that I loved 
when Styles, the originator of the Van Dance, he basically had two moves, the low crouch, yes, the air guitar. Mm-hmm. Got a little repetitive. And you're just it really like, did. Low crouch, air guitar. And then, of course, when Teen Wolf did it, crouch, air guitar, and you're like, all right, is this where this is going? Then they did the long pan shot. They show him doing the backflips. Holy crap. Yeah. Man, what a... How great what a moment in cinema. Just backflip after backflip after backflip. Now, here's something. When Styles, when they drive up to the party, Styles is tuckered out from doing all his antics through the town. When they pull up to the party, he's just laying down on the van. You think he would have waited, pull up in front of the house to do his, his gymnastics. Right. Yeah, to let to everybody... But then again, that's not who he is. He's he's about like I have fun when I want to have fun. I'm not performing for people. Yeah. Some somebody brought this up to me once recently, and I thought this was was very funny. You know, he was busting his hump to try to get this keg of beer because he's like, they're not going to let me in the party if I don't have a keg of beer, and I have to get it, or these these cool kids won't let me in the party. Then they finally get to the party. He realizes they have like ten kegs of beer. That was a great scene. Right. That's a great funny scene. But then. He's the life of the party being like Mr. Game Show host doing the truth or dare kind of situation. It was like that was his job. Like everyone expected him to do it and he did it. So it did kind of take you a little out of it being like, are these guys sneaking in a cool party? And he's just trying the movie super bad completely yanked that whole conceit. And yes. it's they turned yes. that little scene into an entire movie. Yes, they did. About and I've been there, Chip, going to parties and trying to get beer at that age and s- securing beer from your friend's older brother who charged you exorbitant rates so you could mm-hmm. each have a six pack. Yep. Like that was that meant so much to me. Like when Superbad did it, and now that I saw Superbad rip, basically wrote a whole movie around that. One now, scene in Teen Wolf. Chip, I will tell you something that um, I'm not going to nitpick. I really did enjoy this movie. My whole family did. They showed them, they got the keg, right? And you're like, wow, yes. the, the, the great, you know, I want a keg of beer cut scene. Young Matt Adler's like, how did you get the beer? He's like, I just asked. I just mm-hmm. said, I want great. They go into the party. Um, Styles, I wouldn't say he's a large guy, strong guy, decent shape. He's just tossing that, carrying that keg. Chip, do you know how much a keg of beer costs? I mean, weighs ways it is a i mean i've tried to carry them before i mean it's a yeah. two-man job well chip it's 160 pounds is that how keg, much it is keg okay. is 30 pounds yeah. beer inside of it's 130 together 160 pounds that what it young, is. Wow. young jeff lyons for two summers i worked for anheuser-busch crown distribution and i delivered kegs of beer and cases i've talked on the show before how i've had massive crashes where i destroyed 144 cases of Bud Light bottles by accident. Was not the best driver, but I learned how to carry kegs. I learned how to take kegs off the side of a truck. You throw them down, they bang, you roll them, you pick them up. 160 pounds, Chip. This, they, they did not do their due diligence in how to handle keg. So many improper keg carrying techniques that I would like my back hurt from watching it. And another thing, speaking of super bad, crux of that movie, them finally getting the alcohol. And then for a good 20 minutes, they just show, you know, the fat kid and skinny kid walking around with the bags. 
Mm-hmm. They got they bought a lot of alcohol in the beginning of the scene. By the end, the bags are much smaller and they're just carrying them like this where there's supposed to be all these bottles. Yes. Again, prop master fail. Absolutely. Who Absolutely. was the prop master on this film, Chip? Uh, I, I don't know, but- uh, oh, I thought you were, they- I'm sorry, I thought you were a fan of the movie. I, I'm sorry. I wish I wish I was. I, I'm dropping the ball just like the prop master did. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of prop master, uh, <laughs> I guess wardrobe it is. Styles T-shirts, always a good time. Uh, I mean, one of the, and I've seen these shirts out there before, but oh what are you God. looking at? Dick knows. That's, That's still the funniest. Like I laughed the entire time he was wearing it. Every time they showed him. Yep. Just fantastic. What was the movie? Uh, Obnoxious. Or, the movie. Obnoxious. Like. That's yeah. amazing. Like it's, that's- it's so good. And it, and it, if you remember when Styles came to pick him up for the for the party, yeah, he sh- he just walks in the house, of course, without knocking. And the dad, uh, Teen Wolf's dad, had his back to Styles. Never looked at him. He goes, he uh, he's like he's like, hey, Mister H, how's the king of the nuts and bolts? And he goes, pretty good, Style. Nice shirt. Like <laughs> he, he didn't even doesn't look even look, up. but he knew he was wearing one of those shirts. And I gotta say, Styles' pants game. On point, every scene. I think they were red, purple, purple at red, one point. purple, and green, and they, yeah. it all just worked. It really did, yeah. Yeah, he he, like we said, he's a character that they kind of wanted to make him unlikable, mm-hmm. but he was very unique. He was he was likable enough. But that party scene where he was the master of hijink, like talk about hijink. Like hijinks. I've been to some crazy parties, Chip. High school, mm-hmm. college. Um, I've never saw hijinks. Like I've never no. seen two whipped cream couples tied up tied together like and then you know seven minutes in heaven Mm -hmm. you know what i did like about it the 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 romance between of course boof yes team wolf we need we need we really need to delve into that all right so so but go ahead but go ahead what were you were you gonna say about the the party start my starting point is like i originally thought the whole movie she would be pining for him and him spurning his advances yes but they treated that well because he's no dumb he's like i love this super hot girl Mm-hmm. but also very serious cutie yes. like that's just in his league even cuter than he deserves and yes. he was still like i'll make out with you yes i will yeah like he didn't he never spurned her to be like oh mm-hmm. i'm on this girl that's like a real team move yes. like a real team move like me i'd be like oh i do like this girl but a girl showing me attention and she's cute mm-hmm. i think good job good job what's your Absolutely. take on the, the boof uh wolf I mean, just to the circles that I run in, Jeff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of those situations where it's it's just obvious that you go for Boof over this other vixen, and it's it's she Boof is the perfect girl, perfect, and it's yeah. right there in front of him, and he does realize it. Obviously, at the end, spoiler. But then all throughout, like you said, I think that is interesting. But they were. It was just very sweet that they were friends. From the time they were yeah. little kids, they had that backstory. They just have all that history together. She's she's by far the the bigger catch than oh. than the other gal. And, and they did an, a nice job. I think I think the average person realized that from the get go because yes. there's been many teen movies where the main guy, like the movie Pretty in Pink, he's pining after like the rich girl, even though his best friend, who's still super cute, but he he never even acknowledges that. Where this movie, he's just like. Oh, hell yeah. She's cute. So, yes. Um, what do you think Boof stood for? B O O F. They never you know, say. So you have Styles and you have Boof. And there, and even if you look it up on IMDb, and there's no last name. Chubby. 
Styles and Booth. Chubby. Right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Chubby. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like I don't know if her name is like Karen Bufferino. That's my guess. Karen I'm guessing. Bufferino. Yeah. All right, there you go. It's like I think my daughter Una said. I think it's Elizabeth, which made me laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's her name was probably like Bufferino. She was so good. She was really good actress. All her lines, like her throwaway line, where the scene prior to the party, he's like. She probably he goes. Eh, she probably won't even say two words to me. That's my Michael J. Fox impression. And that is real. That's a really good impression. Hey. And then she watches Michael J. Fox get blown off by the vixen, and then just mm-hmm. kind of sidles up to him, and goes, "Hey, congrats." She said two words to you and walked away. She, she was great. Uh, just that. How endearing is that? That whole scene that I just loved. Her playing basketball with the dad. So cute. Just and that just showed you that their history. Mm-hmm. there and he liked her and he's like this is my son and that you know it just makes you think like your parents whose friends of yours that they really liked you know what i yes. mean like growing up you know your parents would be like could you please not hang out with so and so but when they liked one of your friends that was the best yes. you know what i mean like your mom's yeah. always like oh please have john come over please have don come over whatever mm-hmm. like that kind of made you feel and i wish growing up i had probably more like cute girls who came over to the house all the time didn't happen chip oh no nor did well, like, that, and i remember being jealous of that especially especially with that backstory of them being little kids together and then yeah. growing up there was like uh there were no girls in my neighborhood growing up or like at least my age yeah so like just, i just there just weren't girls around so i just didn't talk to girl like it was just it was a very boy heavy neighborhood and i just didn't have that relationship with uh with, I didn't have, there was no boof in my life, is what I'm saying. Wow. I would, I, my, my childhood was boofless, unfortunately. Wasn't actually the name of the town you grew up in called Boy Heavy? It was, yeah, it's uh, Boy Heavy, Pennsylvania. It's right next to uh, Hatboro Horsham. Yeah. You're, you're in the Boy Heavy school district. I heard it's really yeah, it school district. Yeah, very Boy Heavy. Very Boy Heavy. <laughs> New girl moved into Boy Heavy school district. People Uh-oh. are nuts. Wow. Um, I got. Uh, yeah, well, I just have a couple of fun facts. One I already did. I gave you the ages of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Then we had, uh, yeah, Team Wolf was filmed in just three weeks. Shows you just doesn't cost a lot, a lot of time nope. and money to make a good, good movie. Chip, do you know like this movie? Like I said, it did well. You know, four million made thirty million dollars, um, and then you know, kind of obviously became kind of a cult movie. There's spinoffs. There was a sequel that everyone has said is very not good. But then MTV went and launched a whole TV show called Teen Wolf, yes. which is really good. I watched is the it? first two seasons. It's sarcastically funny. Everybody's a little too good looking, and it's downright scary. Is okay. Interesting. Show. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm aware of it, but I've never seen it. But it's not like you know basketball superstar. It's literally like guy turns into a werewolf murdering people that to mm-hmm. put him in a cage all that okay. stuff. but it's really good chip there were other spinoffs and straight up ripoffs of this movie was that there? were out there yeah i want i do some deep uh, guys he, if anybody's I, I mean, new to the show you'll realize i mean you might not realize that chip and i we're just movie aficionados do, do live, diligence lions right here right and we live and breathe movies and we, if we don't know something, which is rare, we will go do the research. I've seen Chip 
going through microfiche in libraries. Mm-hmm. I've seen him with the with the thing on the one eye, like looking at things. Yep. Like, you know, it's amazing what we do. Mm-hmm. I found uh, this was a book. It was called, um, I believe it's called uh, Teen Wolf Straight Up Spinoffs and Straight Up Ripoffs. Chip, okay. How about I tell, I'll describe one and let's see if you can think of the name. Great. Would you like to play this? It's, I, would lo- like a I, game I would love to. Okay, Chip. Longtime host of CNN Situation Room finally looks back on the wild shape-shifting days of his youth, studying journalism and devouring corpses. Do you know the name of that movie was? I One of my favorites growing up. I believe that was Teen Wolf Blitzer. 100% right, Chip. That's it. Yep. He loved journalism and devouring corpses. <laughs> All right, Chip. There's another one. Kind of in the same vein. This movie follows a young werewolf who dreams of becoming the producer and writer of the Law and Order TV series, all while killing and eating neighborhood chickens. Do you know the name of that movie? It, it is, is, I believe, is that Teen Dick Wolf? Teen Dick Wolf. Right. Teen Dick Wolf, also a porno, completely different movie. So it's if totally separate milieu. If you're looking for Teen Dick Wolf, um, make sure you don't do the one that has the weird kind of yes. naked people on it. Right? Yeah, just be, yeah, be careful. Are you enjoying the ship? Should I continue? Uh, uh, please. <laughs> um, oh, there's a great film chronicling a uh, young rock star working in a Jersey factory during the day, Chip, playing the Asbury Park bars at night, and then later at night, running through the neighborhood on all fours, terrorizing the town folk. You familiar with this little movie, Chip? I would that be Bruce Springsteen Wolf? Yeah, just Springsteen Wolf. Springsteen Wolf. Springsteen Wolf. Yeah, it chronicled young. He worked at factory during the day. Sure. Played the bars at night, and then mm-hmm. later at night. That's later he, at night was. That's that's when he terrorized the town. The werewolfery. Yeah. There's some more chip, but a kind of more recent one. Story of a 14 year old stockbroker living the high life until his downfall involving crime, corruption, and a federal government accusations of insider trading. With Frankenstein, the Mummy, and a Dracula. Is that the Teen Wolf of Wall Street? It's the Teen Wolf of Wall. Very good, Chip. Wow, you know your stuff. Wow, You're not only a Teen Wolf fan, but something tells me you saw a few of these movies. I think I did. Oh my god! Are uh, you like rock music, Chip? I love it. Well, this is a good one. This was a kind of a documentary on the son of actress Valerie Bertinelli and guitarist Eddie Van Halen. Calls his early days of learning the guitar. And then drinking the rainwater from enchanted stream out of the footprint of a lichen to spur on his metamorphosis into a creature of the night. Are you familiar with this movie? Is that Teen Wolfgang? Teen Wolfgang Van Halen? Teen Wolfgang Van Halen. Very good. Yes. Wow. Holy these crap. these are great. These are great. It's amazing. It seems like you've seen a lot of these. Yeah. Only a few more. Sadly, only a few more. Uh, Lieutenant John Dunbar assigned to a remote Civil War outpost finds himself engaging with the very hairy, cool teenagers in a neighboring Sioux settlement, causing him to question his own purpose. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm stretching on this one. Is, is this Dancing with Teen Wolves? Dancing with Teen 100% right, Chip. Oh, my God. You are, will he run the table? Dancing with Teen Wolves. Yeah, he finds himself engaging with very cool, hairy teenagers in an Indian <laughs> village. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, this Rat Pack star stars in a biopic biopic about his storied musical and acting career and also touches on being turned into a werewolf by Zeus as a punishment for slaughtering one of his own sons and serving his remains to the gods as a dinner. Rat Pack member. 
Oh no, wait. Oh, oh am I gonna lose it in the ninth? Oh, oh no. Can can you can you say it to me one more time? Yeah. All right. This this famed rat pack, rat mm-hmm. pack star is a biopic about his storied music and acting career, and also touches on him being turned into a wolf by Zeus as a punishment for slaughtering one of his own sons and serving his remains to the gods as dinner. I think this hinges on you knowing who the Rat Pack members are. Yeah, I mean, I you know, there's Dino, there's oh. Frank. <coughs> oh, oh, is it is it uh, uh, Dean Wolf? Just Dean Wolf. Yep. Dean Wolf. <laughs> Dean Wolf. Oh, this is great. Uh, All right. Uh, I- Wonderful. This is a very short. This is a very short description, Chip. Famed okay. apop- apocalypse now actor deals with late stage werewolfism. Famed apocalypse now actor deals with late stage werewolfism. I, I have to say, it did not affect his sons, Martin and Emilio, though. Oh, Sheen Wolf. Sheen Wolf. Sheen Wolf. There you go. <laughs> nice. This is a good one, Chip. Do you like uh, international comedies? And I one hundred percent do. Well, there was a movie about a beloved British and childish buffoon character created by Rowan Atkinson. He gets bitten by a radioactive werewolf. And boy, so much nonsense ensues, Chip. Uh, the nonsense ensues. Uh, it's it, one of the quietest werewolves, I believe. Yes. I believe that's Mr. Beanwolf. Mr. Beanwolf. <laughs> Maybe my favorite, Mr. Beanwolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No no talking, no No talking, nope. Just, and there's two more, Chip, just two more. This Scott Evil character transforms into the world's shortest ginger lycanthrope. Scott Evil. Played Scott Evil. Transforms into the world's shortest ginger lycanthrope. From Overbrook P. Overbrook Park, Pennsylvania. Oh, Seth 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 Greenwolf. Seth Greenwolf, yes. Now, Chip, this next one I think is right in your wheelhouse, and this is okay. a great one. This is okay. uh, this is the final one. Chip, there was actually a movie. This came out recently. A two-man experimental rock band from New Hope, PA, gets tricked into drinking a potion by Bobby Yaga backstage at a John and Peter's Place show and become werewolves and also surprise NBA All-Stars. It's a long, long name, but... I, I believe that they don't just eat human remains but they also eat chocolate and cheese and cheese and, yeah, all three and pu- pure guava and that would be ween wolf well th- that's true it went as marked as gene wolf but do you know the full name was very it d- very, d- very, very very rhyming it's gene and dean ween wolf oh gene and gene and dean ween wolf okay gene dean ween wolf i'm sorry yes Chip, there you go. They are the spinoffs and straight up ripoffs of the Teen Wolf franchise. I All these it. movies sued and they're not available anymore because they were sued and forced to. Uh... Uh, yes, luckily I have some un- underground tra- tape ta- trading that I've been able to see that. Yeah, I think you have a, a tape trading uh, contacts. Maybe uh, contact our friends Nick and Joe. They might yes. have uh, oh, the dark, there. the dark web. <laughs> Chip, what are some of your other favorite memories of this movie? What else? What else made this movie important to a young chipper and his brother? So I th- I think it's just the fact that it's it's the most wholesome werewolf movie out there. It it really is. It's just trying to be a low budget, which I loved John Hughes movies at at this time and still do. They they were just trying to go to be like you said, like Valley Girl, trying to be a low budget teen John Hughes movie. Yeah, and with some supernatural thrown in. It's fun, but it just it never goes to like he's never out in the woods. He's never out in the woods. <laughs> sacrificing a baby he's always just like hanging out with his dad or at the 
at, at you know at, at the hardware store on the main street or just it's such a such a a wholesome movie that's i think that's the the draw for us and it was just right. it was funny there are some laugh out loud parts there are very quotable parts that we've we've i think discussed most of them already and it's just it's and it's also silly and ridiculous like it's not yes. here's the thing that i always like too i've never been Although I will say the number one blockbuster of all time, the first one that pe- people say is Jaws. Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Other than that, I'm not a huge blockbuster movie. Yeah. Like the big, like Back to the Future. Back to the Future is a great movie. There's nothing wrong with Back to the Future. It's a great movie. But I just like the small little feel of, of Teen Wolf. You know what? That's a very, very good uh, selling, selling pitch for someone to watch the movie. Yeah. You don't want to be overstimulated, over, overwhelmed by effects and 10 minute scene of when he's discovering that oh i have a taste for blood i need to go run through the woods for five minutes and see like some prey and and say no no i'm not gonna do that like that was probably in the script at some point but you know an editor or whatever like listen we you know how much film costs you know how much it costs to this this role film cut that Mm-hmm. let's get it under this the, if the shorter the movie we can play the more times we can play it in the theater you know what i mean yes so yes they, they, let it, it roll all about this movie should have been called like business decisions right good it, re- it really should have been chop out all the unnecessary stuff you expect from aware i you know i wouldn't have minded if one of his friends was a frankenstein that would have been fun just one frankenstein well, guy. one just like like somehow he turns into a werewolf and then he's visited by like a Dracula or a mummy. And they're like, Hey, we just heard through, you know, our connections in the underworld that you're, mm-hmm. you're here. If you need some support, we're here for you. If you got, if you need someone to hang out with. Yeah. We just a through little, it. Little club after school club of all those kids. I think that would be smart. You know, speaking of his friends, I, I, and this is, I, this is, this is not nearly as good of a list uh, as, your spinoffs and ripoffs that you had that I found that you found. Yeah. That part, part of me misspoke, yeah. misspoke. Yeah. All research. There are so many great characters in this movie too. They really jam pack it with good characters that I think a lot of these characters could have their, I want to see more from them. Their spinoff movie. I'm going to say it right now. Harold Howard. I mean, what a great name. Har- Harold Howard. Harold just, Howard. it's just a movie or more likely it's sitcom called, Howard's Hardware. Mm-hmm. I would I would watch the inner workings of that. Just a workplace comedy where it's just the dad from Teen Wolf just running a store, and it would be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, Coach Finstock. I think, I think his his spinoff would be Doctor Coach Finstock. He's not just a basketball coach; he's now a life coach, and it's just him giving all of dolling out this wonderful advice oh. that he has. To people that, they, that need they, the, the the opening is they show him going to bed at 7 p.m. then waking up at 7 a.m. at, at fresh 7 a.m. fresh as a daisy Feeling and then great. he just starts eating like three eating things at once constantly just a just hard boiled oh, egg after hard boiled oh, egg. Yeah. oh gross get me some salt yep oh. uh styles i think <laughs> styles needs a, it, it it should have been called styles of the rich and famous whoa okay where he is basically just, he just manages bands and celebrities. That's what his job is. I would watch that movie or TV show. Uh, I think uh, one of the police procedurals that I love, The Burden of Boof. <laughs> she, she, she's a hard-nosed prosecutor, of but she, she can still have fun when she's off the job, you know? And still, uh, and still loves 
werewolves. Like just it, yes, has just always finding herself dating werewolves. Date dating werewolves. Again, uh, what was sh- that called, Chip? Uh, I think uh, the burden of boof. Burden of boof. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Chubby. I just a show or a movie called <laughs> just chubby. a movie called It's Chubby. Who would not watch that? Just yeah. Chubby just do, going about his day. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about how about uh, how about this movie for for a sequel? Liquor in the Rear, where it's just a uh, it's it's just a, another workplace comedy about the man, the old man who works the liquor store. Oh yeah, and he, oh my god, it's great. Liquor in the Rear. Liquor in the and, Rear, and just dealing with like young kids trying to get beer and yep. and just all the, the colorful characters who come into a liquor store. Yeah. I, I know we're a little past the seventies and there's not a lot of those. Uh, what were those shows called that, that did like, where it was like cavalcade of stars kind of thing. What about, uh, the variety shows, the variety show. I think uh, one, Mr. Lolly was the very pretentious <laughs> director. I think just one called lollipops where it's, <laughs> where it's just sort of like a variety show that he hosts. Um, and then I want to see a movie. I want to see a movie with Scott's mom in it. Just the prequel. What yeah. what happened with the mom and the dad and Mr. Thorne, that whole thing. And then finally, I think the one that I want to see, uh, the movie that I want to see, the, the best the best character that we haven't even brought up yet is, uh, I mean, it would just be basically Seinfeld, a show about nothing, hmm. uh, but it is uh, starring the penis guy, the guy with his <laughs> penis out. Just it, He just goes about his day and has so many things, but he always has his penis out. Now, Chip, I think I don't like to give us too much credit, but I think this is the longest any podcast discussing the movie Teen Wolf has gone into the podcast without mentioning the wiener guy. On the, the wiener Witchers. guy. Yes. When last night I had to literally, you know, I have two teen daughters. Yes. They're very smart and they've seen and heard everything. But I literally just yelled out, did you guys see the guy with his wiener out? And they all immediately goes, no, what the hell are you talking about? We had to slow it down, fast forward. And I give myself credit because the word I chose was wiener. Was wiener. That's a great, yeah. I wish right. I would have chosen and, that and word. Just, I just, you know, when you speak to your kids, there's not a lot of times, you know, I live in a whole house full of females. Yes. Uh, female dogs, female kids. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot of times where I'm just banding about the word penis. No. So I had to like think on the fly. I'm like wiener and wiener's fun. It's that's a, a fun that's way. a great, not very offensive. I, I enjoy that. But yeah. has anyone, has your other successful podcast, Chip, uh, where you and young James Heskey give out information about things people are confused about or yet don't know, mm-hmm. you guys tackled, did you tackle the penis out in the bleachers of Teen Wolf? Tangentially, we okay. tackled the urban legend that is apparently true about Mr. Belvedere sitting on his own testicles. I believe you had um, from Nick and Joe, you had, of George, course, George Passless. George Passless, uh, everyone's yes. favorite internet creep. Yes. Yeah, and I remember you guys, and you started talking about that. What What is the consensus? What people still don't know, right? So, for, yeah, for for those of you who are listening, you're like, what on earth are you guys talking about? In the very last scene of the movie, the, the big, oh, by the way, the big scene, one of our favorite things in the movie, everybody's there. The mm-hmm. whole town is there. It's the big, it's the state championships. And the, it's it's a scene. He wins the movie. He wins the game. Everybody's celebrating. They're walking down the bleachers. You can see his dad walking down the bleachers, and it's a bunch of extras in the back. And and there is this one extra who is who stands up, and he's sort of adjusting his shirt. But you realize that his like pants are undone, and he sort of lifts up his shirt, and then you see his 
wiener, wiener like yeah. literally you see it and then he kind of like tucks it away really quickly like he forgot it was out yep and i i guess he had his wiener out during the taping when he was sitting there but when he stood up his pants were ajar and for a very brief moment you could see a uh an extra's wiener and isn't it weird out of all the and, years, and the editors never caught it i guess but even now after people have discussed it for the past 30 years, like the people who own the rights to the, the video, the streaming video, the mm-hmm. DVD have never taken it out. Like, it, you know, no. is, that a, is that a business decision? By keeping it in, people will rent it. I think I've seen it on television. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's just, I don't, think pe- I don't think that many people are aware of it. You know what we need? We need uh, oh. our friend Alex, who we had on a few... Oh, uh, he episodes. did the deep. He did the deep, deep dive about Guns N' Roses November. Yes, Rain. he's the one guy of my, who ju- dove yes. into the. And he's yeah. a he's a comedian. He's a writer, and he also is a I'd say a journalist. Yes. who tackles super fun things. I'm going to text him about that. Okay. That yeah, I would. I would. Love I would like to know him. To, I would like I would him to, to waste at least forty hours of his life tackling that. I would. I'm on would. it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Going to say, uh, I think one thing that we we mentioned, but I think before we get out of here, we definitely have to mention is the soundtrack. My God, Chip, what happened? Like they literally got to the end, and they're like, "All right, we need to get rights for all this amazing music." And then the person in charge he goes, "Oh no, don't worry about that. I purposely didn't get any amazing music. I got literally the most." mundane not even interesting like the scene where he becomes the werewolf on the basketball court and he just starts wheeling and dealing it's the worst like pump up music it's like this goofy old school like like yes it's there's like a it's like a country country rock kind of feel right and you want some sort of like triumphant like 1985 i'm expecting either like the most amped up keyboard synths or Eddie Van Halen type guitar and just have him go into town. But they're like, no, we don't have budget for, I have a friend who has this weird country song. We can use that. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what it's, is it like, it's like Southern rock country. Like, what do they call that? Like almost like Bayou rock swamp rock. Yeah, you're right. It's more that Bayou kind of. Yes. Like completely. Like the like this, late seventies, early eighties, like Doctor um, Doctor Hook, Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show type. Music. Yes, where the scene was going too fast and the music wasn't even catching up. No, no. Uh, and then, like I looked, there was one song that they paid money for, the Beach Boys song, whatever Surfing Surf USA. USA. Yep. And then, and not even you know, and that was like not even of the era, but every now and then you'd hear like a synth start playing. You're like, ah, it's just going to be like, Mm -hmm. you know, a good eighties band. And then it just goes into like either nothing or a guy who's can barely sing, starts singing this like 80 song that you're like, this is not a 80 song anyone's ever heard of. And, and even when he's getting ready for this, the dance, he's like blow drying his wolf hair it's basically staying alive by the Bee Gees, but like yes. a, a cheesy arrangement. So I don't know if they had the rights to that. It was, or... there's a term for it in mm-hmm. um, commercials. It's like 
two notes off or something. I forget what yes. it is. But like every now and then you'd hear like on ESPN, their bumpers, you'd be like, you'd hear, oh, this is Teen Spirit. Oh, no, it's not. It would be yes. like, ben -it, ben -it, ben -it. and then like two notes off just to save them. And then you're like, oh, they're playing the Fugazi waiting room riff. And you're like, -na 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 -na. Nah, nah. and you're like, oh, nope, got us again. Yep. And there's, yeah. a, there's a term for it. But um, that's where that was going with that song. Not that it's the greatest song, but I will say they do redeem themselves a little bit in the end. Speaking of the end, because I believe it's called Win in the End, yes. is in the 17-minute basketball uh, game, basketball scene. The Win in the End by a guy named Mark Saffin, who I don't know has if he's done anything since then. He was the key grip on the movie. And, yeah, he, had a, I think and was, he had a guitar. They're like, hey, we, we, can we get something? Can we get a band together? <laughs> that is a good pump-up. Great 80s. Great 80s. Uh, you know, it's very in the vein of uh, you're the best around from That's the Karate exactly Kid. That's exactly what I was thinking, because the lyrics yeah. are literally like, and then you find you're doing the best and you're going for the dunk and it's all working out because you put in the effort and everything's great when you work hard. Uh, like, it was that yeah. kind of like, and and you're watching like, them like, like the Reagan administration <laughs> yes. paid money to, to, to make, you know, they funded that, that song. It's, <laughs> there's, there's a great... Um, I think we actually did. We we talked about the movie Rad on yes, the, the BMX movie. A lot of the same same yes. type of thing. Oh, very 100%. pump up pump up sports scenes in movies. They they finally got it right at, in the very last scene. Yeah, I just I remember him going up for multiple layups, multiple. Yeah, and as layups. he's going up, like you just hear this positive affirmation song, and you're like, oh hell yeah! How can yeah. you not make the layup when you have a guy just singing about doing the best because you put in the work? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. So when you type in like Teen Wolf soundtrack, you get nothing, nothing, nothing. Beach Boys, nothing, nothing. Mark Saffron, like nothing. Like some of the songs are just literally called like Wolf Walks in a Door. Like <laughs> They're just like, it's, I don't know. What's it? Well, it's when he walked in the door. Wolf Walks in, like they're just, they don't, no one gives a shit, right? Nope. Wolf Walks in the Door. Um, Chip, lastly, I got to get to these. We're big Michael J. Fox fans. We yeah, had a really sure. good show. People should um, check it out. About two years ago, we had our very good friend told us a good Michael J. Fox story where she caught a video that went viral of Michael J. Fox playing guitar like a maestro. Yes. And she is the world's biggest Michael J. Fox fan. Of course, Chip, I'm talking about. Miss Anna Goldfarb. Anna Goldfarb. Check that Who, out. Who, are, yeah. are, you, are you ready for this? Yep. Who I, right before this podcast, I just had dinner with her husband. And you might have some information coming out soon about maybe a little special thing you would. A little special project with Anna Goldfarb yeah. that, that yeah. might be coming out sooner It, it than sounds later. great. I'm a big yes. Anna fan. Mm -hmm. So As uh, am yeah, I. I'll put a link to Anna. Uh, yes. The podcast we did with her, which is really fun. Yes. If you like Michael J. Fox. And I just did it quickly. After Michael J. Fox, sadly, he's been dealing with Parkinson's his whole life. Great guy. He basically decided to quit acting after many years because mm -hmm. he can no longer like. But he not only was he involved, Chip, in the movie industry, you know, but he had a bunch of businesses after. Now, I'm just really? going to run through these real quick. Okay. Sure. You probably know the names and um this business, and he kind of kept his name involved in all the businesses to kind of really sell. Sure. It. 
like, of course, you know, he sold high-end timepieces specializing in the cuckoo variety. Do you remember the name of that business? Was that Michael J. Clocks? Right. I think everybody knows about Michael J. Clocks. Oh, right? yeah. I, I have a few in my home right now. Yeah, they're great. And he's still doing as far as I know. And then major brands came calling. There was a major casual shoe brand making brightly colored uh, foam clogs. I, I think it was Michael J. Crocs. Yeah, Michael J. Crocs. A lot of Very wearing, comfortable. Yeah, Very a lot of people wearing a Michael J. Crocs. Um, of course, he, you know, like most Hollywood people, he got into farming. Mm -hmm. He bought a farm and he raised high-end sheep. And once he, you know, got the sheep together, he would sell them in groups. Okay. So he had a whole business where he's selling sheep, but in groups. You remember that one? I, I, I think that was Michael J. Flocks. Yeah, it was Michael J. Flocks, where he still... They're really great sheep. People they always really, they really, and a lot of people are like, quality. can I, can I get one? No, no nope. You got a flock. Yeah. yeah. Um, guy loves bagels, Jeff. God, does he love bagels? Mm -hmm. He created a line of smoked, smoked and brined salmon fillets that go nicely in a bagel. Of course, I'm talking about Michael J. Locks. Yep, still going strong. <laughs> now, Chip, here's one. He also loved bagels, but he loved cooking and produced a line of high-end, deep, round-bottom cooking pans from China. Do you know that? Is that Michael J. Crocs? No. Walk, the, Michael J. Walks. Michael J. Walks. I'm sorry. Uh, Chip, you'd think so. But it was actually called Michael J. Bullshaped Frying Pants. <sighs> and he, uh, he really missed out on that. He Michael really J. did. He, he had an opportunity. Yeah, the Walks was right there. But for some reason, yeah. Michael J. Bullshaped Frying Pants. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Swing and a miss, Michael J. That, that went under yeah. quickly. Uh, much like his short-lived online trading company that got hacked and everyone lost millions. Uh, Michael J. Stocks. Yeah, Michael J. Stocks. But, you know, his family showed an interest in art, so he created high-end garments worn to protect clothes while painting. Michael you know J. Yeah. Really, I have a few of them hanging up here. Michael J. Smocks. <laughs> Michael J. Smocks. They're really great. Like, a lot yeah. of them have, like, Teen Wolf characters, mm -hmm. all the same as characters, like Doc Hollywood. Remember yes. the Doc Hollywood smock I wore that one time? You're like, yes. You get that? Oh, man. Yeah. And then I've a, you have I've a, a secret of my success. Secret of my success one. I have a Midnight Madness one for my nephew. Oh. Yeah. Oh, are you, are you referring to his first film his, ever? His first, first film, I believe 1982s, maybe. Yes. Uh, Midnight Madness. That was a good smock. It was a Chip, great just, smock. Just three more businesses. He, uh, okay. He, um, boy, he is uh, industrious. He is. Uh, he got into high end multi pronged cutlery. Oh, wow. Uh, High-end. Uh, cutlery, you know. Cutlery, he, yeah. Right. and But he, he really focused on one part of the cutlery. Multi-pronged. Multi-pronged. Um, Michael J. Oh, is it Michael J. Forks? <laughs> yep. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Michael J. Forks. Michael J. Forks. Yep, I might that might be my favorite. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. works. Chip, let's uh, encapsulate. You have an elevator pitch. You wanna? There's some cool teens. Speaking of teens, you're walking your dog in South Philly. Yep. You see a bunch of cool teens. They're yep. hanging out, and they're just like, "Hey, Mister Chantry, mm -hmm. we're hanging out in the corner, but we we would much rather be home watching a movie. Got any wrecks? I got one for you, cool kids. Do you love the supernatural, but not? the scary kind, I got the perfect movie for you. You all know what it's like to be high, be in high school and you're out late at night. Maybe you should go for a little more wholesome jag and just enjoy a small town that's in the Midwest, except there is 
one palm tree that you see when he's surfing on, on the on the van. Other than that, Teen Wolf is the movie for you. It's a, it's a feel-good movie where nobody gets eaten, no babies are sacrificed, but somebody wins a basketball game. And whatever you do, do not see Teen Wolf 2. There you go. I think we'll leave everybody with that. Whatever you do, watch Teen Wolf 1 with friends and family. It's a movie you could get your friends together yes. and watch and just riff on. But for the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, don't ever watch Teen Wolf 2. I watched it as a child and then I watched I I got a DVD set like very cheaply a couple years ago where it's a two-sided DVD yeah. the one side is Teen Wolf the other side's Teen Wolf 2. So a couple years ago I decided well I'll just watch it for funsies cuz it's it is Jason Bateman I yeah. mean the the very successful now Jason Bateman what an un, unwatchable piece of schlock just It's it's, it's weird cuz most people love teen boxing movies but you know Well yeah I mean you you know how you love college boxing team teams Everyone is a favorite college boxer. Everyone follows it. It's we all weird. Do. It's weird that it did not succeed. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go to at Chip Chantry on Twitter, at Chip Chantry on Instagram, Chip Chantry on Facebook. Go see him live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Raleigh, North Carolina. Chip, good talking to you, buddy. When we come back, we're going to have a guest and another amazing movie. Yes, we are. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for indulging me in my Teen Wolf hijinks. Thank you. Hey, Chip, thank you for uh, letting me watch this horror movie, telling me to watch this horror movie. And uh, I, I'm, it's, I'm doffing it's, my cap to you. Uh, uh, by the way, if, if, you, if you want something along those lines, uh, just a feel-good horror movie that's not very scary, the next one you can watch, Midsummer. All right, there we go. Yep. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.